0: Principles of leadership, number one, uh, you can write this in your notebook, character. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take two minutes and I'd like you to find, um, you may already know it, but I'd like you to find a verse that speaks directly about Christian character. If you want to Google something, if you want to find out what a definition for character is, you can do that as well. Okay, we're going to have five people. Uh, share what verse uh, they found so uh, who wants to go first there you go Aaron second uh, Peter five through eight oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes please okay. for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance Perseverance, godliness, and godliness mutual affection, to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, good, Larry. Second uh, Timothy six eleven. But you, man of God, flee from all these and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Very good. Who else? In the back, that lovely lady in the back corner there. What's your name, ma'am? <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Second Timothy two, and I have uh, a verse, uh, verse nineteen. The Lord knows you are His. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from We'll scroll down between two it says flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness faith love and peace along with those who call on the lord out of the pure heart they don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels and the lord's servant must not quarrel instead he must be kind to everyone able to teach and not resent them okay mm-hmm. who's next yes uh, Romans 5 uh, 3-5 Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Okay. Um, I also went to Timothy First Timothy 4-12 don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in charity. Great. Okay. So, uh, principles of leadership. Um, being a principled person, uh, understanding um, how we're supposed to demonstrate character. I want to read Hebrews 1, three. It says that he is, speaking of Jesus, the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. Um, There were, and there still are today in many coins, there's an imprint uh, on a coin of, some person. We generally, you know, I'm sure Canada has some pictures of different people in America, and our bills and our coins. We have that. In these days, Caesar's image or imprint uh, may have been on coins. They didn't see many of the people. Didn't know what he looked like, or have never met him, never been in his presence. But but they had an imprint of who he was. So Jesus is the imprint of who God is. Mm-hmm. Later on, Paul, um, actually, well, I, I won't assume that Paul wrote Hebrews, but um, Paul the Apostle, talks about what you and I, whether leader or not, child of God, those he foreknew, he also predestined. what did he predestine them to be? To conform to the image of his son. To to the image of his son. Whether we're leaders or not, we have to develop godly character. What we have to make sure of as leaders in any capacity is that we take it serious that we need to be the imprint of Christ in every aspect of our lives. That would mean in our homes. If we're, if we're married, if we have children, uh, we need to be people who have character and integrity. That we're actually, all the things that we talked about, that you read, were all from Scripture. That's what's teaching us. That's what's training us. How we're to be godly. How we're to demonstrate uh, Christ's character. You know, That's the source. That's where we go to. That's the, the mirror, if you will, is scripture what we look into And we want to change. We want to be conformed more and more into the image of Christ. That's what we've been predestined by God to be conformed into His Son's image. We know that from Genesis that mankind was made in the image of God. We're His image bearers. And as believers, we're to be the image and bear uh, God's nature, God's power, God's love, and God's mercy everywhere we go. And so, it's really important. Character is what gets us to heaven, if you will. Prophetic giftings, miraculous healings that that we can say have happened uh, as we've prayed for people, signs and wonders and, and all of those things, none of those things gets us to heaven. But He endures to the end that one will be saved. That one who demonstrates Christ's character holds on to uh, the life of God, to the character. They're the ones who endure to the end. And so character is extremely important in our lives. And it's extremely important as leaders in any capacity. I'm going to suggest to you uh, this morning that your character and who you are um, and what people actually see. Cause people are smarter than we think. They know who we are. They know as they watch us, as they're with us, as they're around us, they know what type of people. I would, I'm going to submit to you that character attracts following. People want to be around people who are full of godly character. People want to be around when they're at your house and they see how you live your life how your children are, how, how you treat your wife, how you serve in your house, all, all of those things. I, I would even say that, that if somebody stays at your house, the, the character that is demonstrated through your hospitality, that you would see somebody as more important than you. All of those things. All of, the, all of those character qualities that you demonstrate. It, it, people follow you. People want to be around you. People want to emulate you. People want to be like you. You're, you've got the imprint of Christ. They want to be more like Christ. When we raise the standard uh, in our character and we stop saying things like, well, that's just my personality or I didn't really mean that and and we're, we'll, we'll talk about some of this uh, a bit, but character is extremely important in the leader's life. And everybody knows uh, we, you know, I know in your churches you probably do the same thing, but character is one of the things that we look for when we're actually looking for future leaders. Do are they hungry to to hear? Are they hungry to obey? Are they are there, is their hearts full of Christ? Do they want to be like Christ? Are they willing to receive correction? Um, are they willing? We. I had a guy in our church when I pastored in Georgia many, many years ago, and he wanted to meet with me. He came to our service one time, and he and he and so I offered, "Hey, you want to get together?" He goes, "Yeah, I, I actually want to get together with you." So we met at the local coffee shop, and uh, he pretty much sat down with me after a little bit of small talk, and he said. I don't clean bathrooms. I don't do children's ministry. This is what I do. And he handed me this video of him preaching. (laughs) So I continued the conversation, mixed a little small talk in there, went back to my office, tossed the video in the trash can, never saw the guy again. Anyhow, so... um, That, to me, is not Christian character and we weren't looking for that type of person to be part of our leadership. Number two, discipline. The leader has to be disciplined. So, I want you to take a few minutes here again and I want you to look for passages about discipline and being disciplined in the Scripture. And then we're going to let five people read those. You don't have to get a bunch, just, just find one. Fifteen years ago, if I was doing this, I'd be hearing a lot of page turning. Not anymore. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's got the first one. Who's got a scripture? Go ahead. Uh, Luke nine twenty three 23, 25. And he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and, and loses or forfeits himself? Okay, good. Yes, Val? Um, Hebrews 12:8 eight, or 8 or 9. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not mm. really his children at all. Mm. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? Amen. Good. Yes, in the back. Um, Proverbs 13, verse 1. A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Okay, good. Yes? Uh, Titus two eleven: For the grace of God brings salvation to all people training us to renounce ungodliness and bully passions and to live self-control upright and godly lives in the present age. Good. Yes. Proverbs uh, Proverbs ten seventeen. He who heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Okay. Good. It's interesting that we have like both sides of of, of discipline. You know, like Spiritual disciplines being disciplined in your life, and then the spanking aspect of discipline um, and you know all of this is being a disciple right so every every aspect to be disciplined in your life um, actually means that you 're being discipled and sometimes you 're being disciplined you 're being spanked you 're being corrected it 's part of what the word of God does. Second Timothy three sixteen talks about that, right? What's the word of God profitable for? Teaching. 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 What are the next two? Yeah. Correcting and rebuking, and, tra- and then and then what's the last one? Training. So um, all of these things, you know, the correcting and rebuking are very much that kind of discipline is very much part of the leader's life as well. I've been in places and been around, uh, you know, if you will, organizations, groups of people who have this idea that the leader is never to be disciplined, never to be corrected. It's kind of the how dare you come to me that way. And speak to me, I'm the leader. A leader has to be willing because he's got godly character and he has to be willing to be corrected. He has to be willing to allow the Lord to correct him at times, spank him if you will, which means that we ask forgiveness. It means that we say, hey, we didn't do this right. I'm really sorry. I'm constantly, even in uh, where I'm at now in Fargo, um, we have leaders' meetings, and, and I find myself more than I'd like having to say, hey, I blew it on that one. I'm really, I apologize to you guys. Please forgive me. Like, I, I, I should have known better than to do that. Um, it means, even in our families, that we allow our spouses. To speak into our life, which actually feels like spanking sometimes. That's part of the character. But as a leader, we should expect that we're going to get some. We're going to be disciplined at times. It just makes us uh, a better believer. It makes us. Stronger. My little, uh, my firstborn daughter, when she was little, she watched the little boy across the street try to run across the street without looking, and his parents were yelling at him, screaming, and the dad ran after him and they picked him up. He started screaming, fighting, because he tried to run across the road, right? And they were telling him no, but he didn't listen. And so my little girl, Andrea, she just kind of, you could just see that she was just kind of shaking her head and and, uh, and she just said, Benjamin needs a spanking. <laughs> like she knew immediately. The only way this kid's going to stop running across the road when he's not supposed to is he needs a spanking. Like she knew immediately. And so the lady said, "Who they didn't spank their son at all. Well, Andrea, tell us more. What does spankings do for you? And my little, I think she was two, three. She was three. She said... She said, spankings make me a better person. (laughs) So there you go. In 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, he starts off, Paul the Apostle, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. Paul the Apostle enjoyed a good boxing match. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself. Should be disqualified. Whatever you're doing, in whatever way you're leading, you and I need to be disciplined. We need to discipline our time. If you're asked to lead a small group, You have to discipline. Now, many of you have jobs. You're volunteering your leadership and your time. But you have to discipline your time. You have to set aside time... Uh, to do all the other things that you have to do. But if you're a leader, whatever area that is in your life, you have to be disciplined to prepare. All of us are called to study to show ourselves approved. All of us are called to lead a disciplined life. All of us are called to discipline ourselves in our prayer life, discipline ourselves in the things that God's called us to do. And if we have a responsibility of leadership in the church we have a responsibility to discipline ourselves. So, uh, just an example. Um, We often find ourselves like overwhelmed. Pressures at work pressures at home, and then all of a sudden there's these things that we have to do at church as well. Most people who find themselves overwhelmed will often say as a leader in the church, I I can't do this anymore, I have too much pressure. The real issue is they're not disciplining their time. They don't have a disciplined life. And so they get caught up because they do everything spontaneously. They, they do everything how they feel. They don't mark out the right amount of time to prepare themselves and to get ready. Which we're going to talk about preparation next, but, but they don't discipline their life. And so they get overwhelmed. They don't sit down. They don't sit down with their spouses and say, okay, listen, here's the things that we need to do. Here's the priorities. Here's what our schedule looks like. Let's sit down and figure out how we're supposed to do this and how we're going to serve each other and help each other. It's a matter of letting the children know as well at times. I've, I've been a leader in, in churches before where I had a full-time job and I had a lot of responsibilities in the church. There was a time in my life when I was a young man that I led worship. I taught. I preached every six weeks. I had a home group. I led the prayer meetings. Uh, the foundation courses that we did, we had 11 of them. I taught 10 of them. Uh, some of my friends said you're the busiest man in the church. You know, And but, but I, at times, like we wondered how we did that. But we still were able to take care of our family. We still did things you know, on the weekend. We still were able to function. And the only reason we were able to is because we realized we had to discipline our lives. We had to make room for those things that God had called us to do. And so, discipline as a leader is extremely important. And um, um, I want to emphasize this. If you're faithful and little, God will give you more. There's a proverb that talks about a man's gift will make room for him. It's actually talking about a bride. But in the kingdom too, I think the principle is the same. If you, if your gift, if you're letting your gift develop and you're disciplined in that, it'll make room for you. People will recognize that. People will see. God will advance you. He'll promote you. If you're disciplined. If you believe these things. There were many times in my life as I was a a driver for Federal Express, FedEx, that I thought... God, are you what's gonna happen with me? Are you going to are you going to, you know, release me in church planning? Are you gonna release me in ministry at some point? But all during that time I was doing all the things I told you, and I realized, like, I'm doing ministry. I'm doing what God's called me to do. I am who I'm supposed to be, and I'm so thankful that I had people around me that held me accountable to being disciplined in those areas. So because of time, we're going to go to preparation, because this is one of the ones that I, I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, this is one of the, you know, you always have that main thing. As a leader, preparation is extremely important. Uh, the verse that I chose uh, for this is um, it's 2 Timothy 4 2 through 13? Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come. Now, that careful instruction, the only way you're going to give careful instruction is to prepare. Okay? That's the only way. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. You need to. Preach the Word, but you need to be prepared in season and out. Why? Because there's going to come a time that as you're leading, people are not going to want to have sound doctrine or be part of something. They're going to instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you... Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Be careful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Uh, Be strong. So, um, yeah, that's really good, isn't it? But this is part of it. As a leader, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, be prepared. Character will lead you to discipline. If you're disciplined, that will lead you to being prepared. So that every time you're asked to do something, you come fully prepared. Little example. So for years now, uh, we we since I've been really around and been part of the Salt and Light Central pastors retreats and those things, and we started developing these church update times. And so um, early on, um, when I moved to Fargo, I asked um, Steve Finley and Dane to be in charge of the updates because I didn't want to do it. Uh, I wanted them to do it, and so and it was a blessing for me because I felt like I was giving them something to do. Right? I could have done it, but let them do it. And so, over the years. Um, as we, as those guys get opportunities to speak and share, um, there's a preparation process, and so, so Dane last night he he shared, um, he gave our church update, but him and Steve went through it and then they went through it and then Dane called me the other day when I was already here and we went through the whole list and then Dane put it together and Dane communicated now now you know not everybody's like Dane I'm not like Dane Dane is a communications major he's brilliant but he takes time to prepare it's all about preparing we have uh, at times even in small groups You know, we get very used to maybe winging it. We get comfortable with people. They come to our house all the time and and we kind of get a little lazy in those areas and we don't prepare like we should. We don't ask the right questions. And that's a very important thing, isn't it? If you're in a small group meeting, having the right questions. I, I I have a friend. He's led home groups. I was in his home group. And he would ask a question and his wife, would say, ah, what did you mean by that? I later had to pull them aside and I'd say something like this. If your wife doesn't understand your question, what does that tell us? It tells us that you didn't prepare. From now on, and part of your preparation for uh, leading a small group, the questions that you have run them by your wife. And that will help you get prepared. The other day I heard Ron in his office while I was there. He was saying something. And I wasn't sure exactly what he was saying, but he was in his office talking. Didn't sound like he was on a phone conversation. Mary came through and said, Oh yeah, that's Ron in the in the office. He's just he's preparing for his message. He's actually practic he was preaching it. He was preparing himself. Oftentimes we think, man, how did that guy do that? How did that woman do that? It's all about preparation. In the smallest areas, responsibilities that you have, be prepared. Prepare yourself in every single way. This is so important on every level of our walk with God especially as leaders because people want us if 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 you're leading in some capacity and you think well you know I don't really need to talk to people about the scriptures I'm a church administrator. I don't need to preach or teach. You know, I'm I'm over here, you know, taking care of this responsibility. Listen, you know, if you're working with people, we need to be prepared in the Bible, in scripture. We need to be stu- we never know. We're always leading people, and no matter what the task is, we're still working with people. And people still need the word they still need instruction they need encouragement not always just a pat on the back but maybe a word of knowledge a word of encouragement something something from the scripture to build them up and to uh, so we always need to be prepared in every situation I had a small group meeting in Georgia had this guy been to the church a couple of times he came to our uh house group and we were you know, we were talking. I, I can't remember exactly what the what the content of what we were talking about the Bible study. And he said, uh, when we asked him, "Hey, would you? What do you think about this?" And it was something that Paul the apostle said. He goes, "I don't read. I only read the Gospels. I don't read any of the other Bible. I don't like. I don't think I need to listen to what Paul the apostle said." So, so I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Right, so I'm in I'm in a meeting, right? And so, um, what happened was, we happened to have one guy, the the Santors know my wife Steve Vaughn. He happened to be in our classes, you know, the Bible theology major, and he immediately, right there, gives this beautiful description of how Paul and the Book of Romans is a commentary to the Gospels. It was eloquent. It was it was prophetic. It was profound. And the reason Steve Vaughn could say something like that is because he was prepared. Like any part of leader, we have to know there's certain things that people say, there's certain questions people have about God, about Christ, about leadership, about the function of your, of your congregation. If you're a leader in the church, you should know what your church believes. You should know how to communicate to newcomers the vision, the purpose of our congregation. This is what we're about. This is what we do. This is what we love. You know they, they shouldn't have to always just guess over years. A lot of church plants. When when people go and they spend a lot of money planting a church and they immediately draw a crowd, what begins to happen is as people begin to find out what they really believe, people start leaving. People start getting offended, right? Because we didn't prepare them from the ground up. And we didn't prepare our people to communicate. So everything, you and I, no matter what capacity we lead in the church there's things that we ought to know and be prepared to communicate and speak to others. And then endurance is the last one. And we're um, Obviously, I think Ron told me one time that it said endurance is the queen of the virtues. Anybody ever heard that before? You know, everything that we read in the Bible that talks about endurance, Galatians 6-9, for instance, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There are so many exhortations in Scripture about enduring. Why? Because there's going to be conflict. Why? Because there's going to be trouble. If you're a leader, expect trouble. Why? Because there's people that you're leading. And there's all sorts of things that are going to happen. People can be petty. People can be lazy. People can um, be in a place where they, they, they don't want to listen. Uh, they have a better idea uh, one thing about leaders in in congregations and in the church, most leaders who who are good leaders at some time were really good followers. They were really good at following. They were really good about serving others That's true. and serving other people. And they and they 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 may have different ideas about things. Steve Finley. You know, at some point he's going to take over the leadership of the of the Summit Church, and I've often told him, I've said, "Listen, you're going to have to endure through me. You have to endure me for a while." I said, "You know, um, there's going to be things that you maybe don't completely agree with me about, but I said, what I'm asking you to do is stay with me a little while." You know, be with me, find out why. Don't just just let's just not fight about certain things, but hang with me, endure with me. I said some things you're gonna find that, hey, Brian was right. Some things you're gonna find. I I think because I went through that, I'm gonna do it this way. But you would never have got to that point if you didn't endure a bit with those who are leading you. And so we're always, good leaders always have sown by being good followers. And so we need to endure. We need to be able, you know, people around us, all the character, all the preparation, all the discipline comes into play when we're dealing with people and we're leading people. And we need to endure. And really, some of the stuff is petty, we know. um, But there's other believers all over the world enduring much greater hardships than we are. And um, we need to we we need to weather uh, those storms. Be quick to lead those people, especially people who grumble and complain, especially people who who don't follow through. You know, all the time we have people who said, "Yep, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to do that ministry. I'm going to do that," and then a week later, they we're done. Yep. Okay, we're done.